0: Hey, welcome to What's the Tea, the TransLink podcast. I'm your host, John Jang, and on this episode, we answer this question.
1: Ooh, oh dear.
0: Oh man. Oh, that's a a little bit of black ice there, right? Yeah. What is it really like to operate a bus? Let's get behind the wheel and behind the scenes. We're tapping in to What's the Tea.
1: The next station is. Welcome to What's the Tea? The TransLink Podcast.
0: The Coast Mountain Bus Company is everywhere in Metro Vancouver, with 220 bus routes served by over 1,600 buses in its fleet, CMBC is the workhorse in our transportation system. I mean, you know this already because you've done your part in this equation. You've been a customer on a bus before, maybe you do this every day, but we have to ask, what about the other crucial individual in this scenario? What is it like to operate a bus? Now, before I joined TransLink in November of last year, I spent the previous 10 years working in radio and I got to do some pretty interesting things. But one thing I've never done before is driving a bus. Full transparency, I'm not even that great at parallel parking my own car. So the idea of operating a 60 foot articulated bus is more than just a little intimidating, especially since there's a lot of other people on the roads. And by that, I mean, there's a lot of other people on the roads but good news for me the coast mountain bus company has a bus simulator located at the vancouver transit center in marpole so i got the chance to get behind the virtual wheel here is how that went
1: all right okay okay and uh when you're comfortable i'm going to get you to keep your brake on push it in drive good now you're going to release your parking brake okay
0: this is Derek Bayer, the Chief Instructor of Operator and Technical Training at CMBC. There's no better person to show me how to do this correctly than Derek, who has spent over a decade behind the wheel of real buses.
1: Okay, all right, so let's have a little bit of fun now, okay? Since we've moved forward, Okay. let's go and put it backwards and let's use our mirrors, okay? So what you're going to do is you're going to put it into neutral and then put it into reverse. Okay, and before you put it into, you actually take your foot off the brake. I want you to give the horn three toots. Good stuff. Okay. Okay. Now, can you see a pylon in your left and your right side mirror? I can. Okay. So what I'm going to get you to do is I'm going to get you to use the mirrors and go backwards and see if you can put the bus back to where we started from. There. Nicely done. Yeah. Are you sure you haven't ever done one on these buses before? <laughs> first time. All first right, time. well, I think you're doing pretty good so far. Way I to really go. go.
0: I got to admit, I was starting to feel pretty good about my performance, and that's exactly when Derek decided to throw me a curveball.
1: Whoa. OK. So we have a little bit of an obstacle course that we're going to go through now. Oh, dear. This, this is going to be fun. This is going to be okay? a disaster. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> You're going to have fun with this one, okay? All right, so a couple of things that I want you to think about. Sure. Do you know what a pivot point is? A pivot point? hmm
0: If I had to guess, like, maybe the the point
1: of your bus in which it, like, it, it actually starts to turn, like, from the it, middle. Yeah, you got it bang on, okay? okay. So the pivot point, right, yeah. is going to be rear axle. The rear axle? The rear, the rear axle. Gotcha. Okay so because we steer with our front axle and the steering wheels turn, right. the rear axle is where the actual bus would pivot on. Sure. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Okay so go ahead and hit the drive. All right. Okay. okay. And uh, when you're comfortable, I'm gonna get you to keep your brake on, push it in drive. Good. Now you're gonna release your parking brake. Okay. Oh dear. All right. So I'll tell you what, let's just go up towards this this billboard in front of us, okay. and you tell me when you believe that you're at the pivot point and you can start steering. Okay. Okay? And remember, your mirror use is important here. I just want you to stop at the point that you think that you're at your pivot point. Thank you.
0: Being about here?
1: Okay, well let's just stop there, hold it. Okay, and I'll tell you what, let's use the camera angle and we'll have a look yeah. overhead what do you think if you started turning right here do you think that we would make it no no we're not okay so what I'm gonna get you to do is go a little bit further forward be about that feels okay, right to let's me have a look that's looking pretty good okay so now you're gonna have to do a little bit of a steer here yeah so hard steering good okay All right. Oh, yeah, wow, go. okay. it just turns. Okay, the- now use yeah. your right side mirror and see where you're at. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, so you're steering with one hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, oh, dear. And that's, and that's part of the problem. <laughs> Two hands on that steering okay. wheel. Okay, keep on going. Okay. All right, good. We're 0 for 1 so far, baby. Okay, we're doing pretty good, okay? Now we've got a police officer that's directing our control here. Now gotcha. once again, on the right hand side, you're gonna yeah. use that same thing, okay? so use. Use hand-over-hand steering when you get to that pivot point. Ooh, not yet. There you go. And use both your mirrors. There you go. It's okay. All right. All right. All right let's go on and check out this uh, oh. this bus stop here. Go see oh, we, we have passengers. we passengers here.
0: After picking up some of these passengers, Derek and I cleared out of the obstacle course and hit the city streets. But the simulator had changed from sunny summer skies to snowy winter weather. Another challenge for me to take on. And that's when this happened.
1: Oh, dear. Oh, man. Oh, that's a it's <laughs> right a little bit of black ice there, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. The, you can have these situations where it can affect the, uh, the traction and the ability of the vehicle to, uh, to handle, even though there isn't snow or ice piling up on the right. road here.
0: The dreaded ice. Now, thankfully, no virtual person was hurt, and the bus did eventually come to a full stop in the middle of the intersection. All in all, my simulator experience went about as expected. As a complete rookie, I failed pretty spectacularly, but this short experience did provide some valuable insight. A Costco-sized sample of what life was like for operators. Yeah, that was uh, that's a good learning experience because again, like trying to understand the turning radius, your pivot point, mm-hmm. it's so much more, like it's just very different yeah, from what yeah. I'm used to. Yeah. And then the amount of mirrors, side checking, speed control looking and making sure the angles are right you're also keeping an eye out for pedestrians on the on the on the streets mm-hmm. making sure that i mean in this scenario they're not moving but yeah. in real life you know kids are playing they're running around
1: yeah absolutely. there's so many
0: things that are happening yeah, yeah. and yeah. I don't think when you're a passenger in the bus that you really think about those things you just kind of get on the bus you put your headphones on and off you go and you trust that the person that's operating the bus is a professional exactly and they are and they are yeah and and to now kind of get a better understanding of the things they deal with minute Mm -hmm. to minute it's yeah it's
1: eye-opening yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's it's one of the most um amazingly challenging and multitasking um, uh, jobs that there are out there because um, you know what we're talking about right now is about space management mm-hmm. and and navigating through the obstacle course which is the the, the the traffic that we deal with on a day-to-day basis but not only that um, you know after the first couple of weeks of training program um, we didn't put them into trolley buses right. so they have to do all that oh. with trolley poles up and and switches that they have to navigate and all those sort of things so so in terms of you know the the things that you know, a, a really good transit operator does is they're they're incredible multitaskers. Mm-hmm. With my
0: simulator experience finished, Derek and I went into his office at the Vancouver Transit Center and spoke more in depth about what the operator experience was really like. What
1: is it like being a CMBC operator? It's a it's a dynamic job. Mm-hmm. It's it's a neat job. It's fun. And I think it's a job that has a tremendous amount of independence and flexibility. So people that are looking for a job where you're running your own show and doing your own thing in terms of uh, how you operate and how you do your job but at the same time knowing that there's really essentially an army of people that are there to support you when things go sideways and at the same time that you have the flexibility to, to change shifts and work different schedules. Um, this is a this is a pretty cool job. Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
0: maybe you can explain to the customer what is happening when, let's say, you're running up to the bus. You know that it's just mm. about to pull off, and you're yelling, you're screaming, you're trying to get noticed. And unfortunately, the bus starts to pull out and drives away. What is happening that the operator maybe doesn't see the customer and. Is it that the operator just wants you to be miserable? I I can't imagine it comes down to that.
1: (laughs) No, it doesn't. It doesn't. None of our operators want to intentionally leave a customer behind. Uh, What does happen, however, is there are certain situations in which the operator may not have seen a customer that's uh, coming for a bus and is trying to get to the bus and has started to move the bus into traffic. And what we do teach the operators is that once you start to move into traffic, you now have to be conscious of the fact that any other motorists that are yielding for you or are making way for you are part of the game now and you need to be aware of what's going on now. Let's be, let's be clear that if you know somebody is running after a bus and they're putting themselves in a, in, a, in a position of danger, I would want any one of the operators in that situation to stop the bus and take care of the customer, okay, because we want to make sure that nobody has a bad experience or is injured while trying to board one of our buses. That being said, you know, one of the things might be worthwhile for any of the listeners to think about is generally speaking when the operators are pulling away from a curb they'll put their left turn signal on mm. indicating to the traffic that's around them that they're trying to pull into traffic if you see a bus that's got that left turn signal on as you're running towards it understand that that operator is now thinking about um, how they can move into traffic whether they've seen you or not Okay, And that's one of the things to always remember as well too, is that there's instantaneous decisions that operators would be making at certain times. Um, For example, on the uh, uh, 99B line, Mm -hmm. we would have a headway in certain times of maybe four, five, six minutes. Um, In those situations, um, it's not really, it's not a catastrophic thing for a customer to have to wait for the next bus in that situation. However, at, uh, let's say at midnight on a Saturday night, you would probably find that the frequency of the bus in those situations is different. So we would want the operators to think differently in those situations because uh, those customers would be impacted differently in those situations.
0: I am a different man. I'm a changed man (laughs) having gone through what that experience was like because, you know, I drive an SUV and I thought that was big with blind spots sometimes. But the bus, you know, there's so many side mirrors and things you have to be aware of. And, of course, you can't forget to pick up passengers.
1: Yeah, you got to pull in and open the door.
0: Yeah, exactly. You don't want to just drive by because you're so focused on everything else. So there's so much to learn Mm -hmm. Um, for those who like are seriously considering a career in becoming an operator. Mm -hmm. Is there one trait that maybe is like the most desirable or maybe the most like commonly found within operators? Or is it kind of come on in, see if you have what it takes, but it does require a specific X factor, if you will.
1: I I think the first thing is the ability to deal with customers in a variety of different situations. Generally speaking, we can teach almost anybody how to drive a, 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 a bus, a commercial vehicle. Right. Um, some people can't right and that's part of the training process so and we do we do um, you know have people that uh, aren't successful in our training program simply because their ability to adapt to uh, driving a commercial vehicle is just not substantial they can't do it in within six weeks but if I said you know there's there's a there's a range of customer service that transit operators are going to see that are different from what most customers come to us are going to experience so for example um, you know if you worked in a bank uh, you would see a certain type of customer that's looking for uh, customer service for banking related means or needs um, if you were in a grocery store they would be those types of interactions or in a real estate office people have a generic sort of well, not necessarily generic but a specific need mm-hmm. um, when you're traveling by public transit there's very little generic needs and uh, what we have is, you know, in 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 Vancouver and in anywhere really, quite frankly, is we have a wide range of people who will have uh, interesting challenges going on in their lives. If they've got mental health issues that are that are making it difficult for them to 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 simply cope with everyday um, everyday life. Um, there are customers right if we have people who are going through challenges in their personal lives and maybe the jobs are, or their job is, is a challenge uh, we're taking taking those customers on um, or others who are simply uh, there are no challenges going on in their lives currently So I think one of the things that I I always say to people, if you're gonna be thinking about becoming a transit operator, the range of customer service Mm. that you're gonna be, the demographic of the people that you're gonna be dealing with is as big as anything that you've ever seen before in in any job that you've had, probably even bigger. And you should be prepared to deal with those things.
0: I think that's an excellent point because it's not like transit is just for able-bodied, healthy and happy people. It serves everybody. Absolutely. And so all different walks of life, all different backgrounds, and people that might be struggling, um, and, and you just can't tell. So as
1: an operator, you kind of have to just be ready for everything.
0: That's a big ask. It is. But that is the reality of the job.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I think that uh, you know most people who uh, come to us uh, usually have a friend or a family member who has uh, recommended the job to them and has described it to them but i don 't think that it 's until you actually go out and you start driving into into certain situations and understand that this is uh, there 's a different set of of uh, skills and customer service skills that you're going to need to use in that situation. So until you actually see it, until you actually are put in a situation where people are now asking customer service of you, it's difficult to explain yeah. and really actually uh, grasp until you're, you're right in the middle of it.
0: We've talked about what the job entails and maybe some of the more challenging things about the job. But what are the, the great, clear benefits? Because, I mean, you've been with the company for a few decades. So clearly there's a reason <laughs> you've stuck around, Derek. What is well, it like?
1: Well, I think, I think some of the, 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 the benefits are that um, I think the people are great. You know, I, um, I I originally stuck around f- for the job just because I wanted to pay off a student loan. Fair enough. You know, and and that's one thing. Are I you think- still paying it off? I that- I'm, not, I'm, <laughs> I'm done with that loan. It's been a, I've paid that one off. But you know, I think that um, you know there were so many really cool things about um, the job that I really uh, appreciated. Uh, you know, the steady work, um, the opportunity to be outside, but not necessarily outside. Mm-hmm. Kind of in a little bit of a fishbowl. Um, uh, doing doing your job um, I, I like the people I like transit operators uh, because we're task-oriented we want to we want to solve problems we want to do uh, we want to do our job we want to interact with people and get to know people in, in many situations in terms of how their lives are going and, and, and the one common thread I think you would find with with any transit operator that really truly enjoys the job is they like the people mm. They're people, 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 and they enjoy it. And um, they generally have an outgoing disposition towards um, the, ch- the, the people and even the difficult situations that they deal with. So um, I like that. I, I, I like the fact that it's a, a job that has a, um, I don't have any ethical concerns with it as well, too. I mean, what we do is we, we take care of customers that may not be able to um, drive on their own, uh, people who who, who shouldn't be behind the wheel of a vehicle mm. if they've been out drinking and celebrating and all that sort of thing. We want to take care of those people. And there's no ethical arguments in terms of what we're doing for the environment. We're, we're taking care of, of, of our, our carbon footprint, if you want to call it that. So, Definitely. You know, and and it's, a, it's, a, it's a great group of people. I, uh, I have many friendships that I've cultivated over the years, and, uh, and it's, been, it's been a great career.
0: After speaking with Derek and going behind the virtual wheel of the bus simulator, I can tell you that being a bus operator is not easy. But it is an important job and there is a need for more skilled operators as we continue to see more people moving into the region every single year. Interested candidates will have a lot more success than I did because we have a robust training program that runs six weeks to get you road ready. All you need is a class 5 license and a passion for delivering the best for our customers to get started. And if that sounds like something you're interested in, you can find more information online at translink.ca slash drive. My thanks to Derek Bayer, Chief Instructor of Operator and Technical Training at CNBC, and all of the fine folks at the Coast Mountain Bus Company that made this episode possible. My name is John Jang, I've been your host, and on behalf of producer Alan and the entire digital content team at TransLink, thank you so much for listening to What's the Tea, the TransLink podcast. Until next time, have a safe trip. Mountain Bus Company is hiring bus drivers. As one of BC's top employers, they offer many perks, including paid training and
1: exceptional benefits. Apply by May 22nd at translink.ca slash drive.